if that level of uncomfortability also comes up, probably is that you, there's a lot of unresolved things in your life and it's okay. And it also shows you a bit of a path that there's things to work on. Let me tell you my thinking about death. I think it's the greatest illusion of all because I believe that we can never die. When we talk about how the physical is connected to the spiritual and uh, back pain can symbolize that you're carrying too much. One of the reasons I love this guy so much because this is so, he is authentic. I mean, he talks with such passion and power and love for this medicine, for this experience because it transformed his life so much that his mother noticed. And I've seen pictures before and after and it, this is a profound effect of sacred plant medicine and ceremonies. Welcome to the Power of Your Voice podcast. I'm your host, Mike Murphy. I'm also the author of the book, The Creation Frequency, and founder of Mounds of Hope, a transformational healing retreat center in Medellin, Colombia. Each week in this podcast, we bring you the most amazing guests and powerful content that will inform you how you too can learn to use your own powerful voice to manifest optimal health, wealth, and transformation that you desire and deserve. Welcome everybody to the Power of Your Voice podcast, and I'm your host, Mike Murphy, and super happy that you're here, very grateful that you're here, and thank you for all your support. The numbers keep going up, the shares, the likes, the subscribes, but what I like most of all is the shares. So if you hear something that's super powerful for your life, and you or you know somebody that it would be super powerful for their life, please share this content, because we really get into powerful ways for people to heal and to overcome and to have breakthroughs and to create the best version of themselves and create the life of their dreams. That's what this podcast is all about. And that's what our main business is all about, which is called Mountains of Hope, which is a healing and transformation center here in Medellin, Colombia. We have a super interesting show today. In just a few minutes, I'm going to bring in our guest. He's a young man from Germany that found himself down here to Colombia and is working with sacred plant medicines and doing retreats and seeing miraculous things happen. And he's got a miraculous story of his own. He's very passionate about this, and that's what I love about him. But before I get into that, what is medicine? What is sacred plant medicine? What was medicine before there was this current system of medicine, which is called uh, allopathic medicine or Western medicine, uh, which has only been around since about the turn of the 19th century in the early 1900s. And I'm not going to get into it today, but I, I encourage you to Google it and see how it came to be, what it's all about, as opposed to medicine prior to that, okay, where they use plants and flowers and, and, and stuff from uh, the earth and stuff from our own body and had a different modality of healing without all the side effects. Was it as effective? I don't know. You know, we all have to be the judge of that. I will tell you this, um, that the third leading cause of death in the United States of America is medicine, either a medical procedure gone wrong or a drug interaction gone wrong. So it, it's, not, it's not an exact science. It's not foolproof. So at Mounds of Hope, we really teach people that we believe you have the ability to heal yourself put into the right environment because we believe that most illnesses are caused because of the environment. It's not genetics anymore. Epigenetics is really proving to people that it's the environment, it's what we think, what we drink, what we eat, what goes into the body, 
creates our health and wellness. And so that's what Mountains of Hope is all about. So the reason this is top of mind for me right now is I just lost a very dear friend just a few days ago. So that's heavy on my heart. And last night I had a call from a woman that wants to come to our first retreat, which is this December. 46-year-old woman, two years ago, had a mole on her neck. Her jacket caught it, started bleeding. Turns out it was stage four melanoma. Next thing you know, she has stage three uh, ovarian cancer. Next thing you know, she's got uh, tumors on her bones and they're doing uh, biopsies. And she wants to come to our retreat to learn how to heal herself. It was a very difficult conversation because when we own the fact that we've created everything in our life, and this was a conversation I had with her, you, you have to own the fact that somehow you are responsible for this condition in your life right now, which is a heavy burden to put on someone, but you're no longer a victim. If you take responsibility for that being in your life, then you're the creator of that. Now you still maintain your power and now you can fix it. If you say, oh, poor me, I'm a victim of circumstances, I've given away my power, now I'm subjected to people that may or may not have my best interest at heart, and I've given up responsibility for healing myself. And I believe that everybody has the power to heal themselves. With all of that said, I'd like to bring on to the show right now Oliver Glozik from Germany. Oliver, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. How are you doing today? And I'm very grateful to be here. Especially because we haven't known each other for that long, but from the conversations that we've been having, I can tell that we are on the same wavelength, um, seeing the things that are happening in the world, um, also internally, externally, in a very similar manner. So yes. very excited to dive deeper into it. Of course, you know, also very important topics. We, in a way, even about life and death. Yes. About, and even death is a big teacher. Exactly. And it's like we're right into like a very uncomfortable topic in the very beginning of the of the podcast. But if that level of uncomfortability also comes up, probably is that you there's a lot of unresolved things in your life, and it's okay. And it also shows you a bit of a path that there's things to work on. For sure. Let me tell you my thinking about death. I think it's the greatest illusion of all because I believe that we can never die. I believe that we're energy, we're soul, we're heart, we're internal timeless consciousness. Mm -hmm. And we entered this body mm -hmm. in the womb. We were, came out of the womb and we grew up and, and we will leave this body again, just like my dear friend just did, um, just like my late wife did mm -hmm. 10, 11, 12 years ago. So, the, so death is an illusion. You can never die. What's your belief system around death? Well, I... I think it's very interesting because I like to talk most passionately about the things that I've experienced and not things as much who are concepts to me because they're concepts. And to a degree for me, I feel like it makes sense and I think it's the truth, but I don't know it, yeah. right? But yeah. I do believe that we have a soul that is, how do you say it? Um, Eternal, permanent? eternal, yeah. eternal, permanent. That is full of love, light, being, and that it's um, make that you are a spiritual being making a human experience. Exactly. And then you are here in this realm, and then make the best out of the human experience. And I don't think death is the end of it's the end of the life here on Earth, but I think the the soul still remains. And uh, I think death is a great teacher. 
because it makes you aware of the things that you really want to do in your life. And for me, I had a ayahuasca ceremony uh, into my earlier journey with the plant medicine where I was confronted with death in a ceremony. And I was got really scared because I thought, well, I'm going to, I mean, we all know we're going to die. I thought, yeah. I'll die when I'm 70. So yeah. when I'm 60, I'll think about death. And then it came up to my ceremony. Well, maybe it's, you're not going to live until 70. Mm. What do you mean? And, but that kind of starts a thought process. Well, how do I want to live my life? And it's better to think about it when you're 30 than when you're 60. Yeah. I mean, even if you're 60, there's still things that you can do in your life. And then you think, okay, what kind of impact do I want to have? What kind of values do I want to live by? What legacy do I want to leave? And it for force is the wrong word, but you live more in the present moment. You appreciate everything that much more than by knowing that everything is in the end temporary and make the best out of today. So I think it's a little bit of a heavy conversation to start off with. And I'm, I'm not the person to shy away from things, but uh, it's, a, it's a very valuable teacher. So let's backtrack for a minute and get a little background. So you're in Germany, a young man, having a human experience. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And now you're in Medellin, Colombia, still a human, but having a spiritual experience. Mm -hmm. What happened? How did you, what, were, what was Germany like growing up? How did you end up here? And what's it like now? So I have very fortunate that I have two amazing parents. Uh, and my mom's a yoga teacher. My dad's an engineer. So I kind of had both sides. Um, left, and, left and right brain. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I went to Montessori school, uh, kindergarten. And I'm not sure how familiar you are with that. Yeah, but very basically much so. They let kids develop whether they want to go more into math or uh, Arts, languages, whatever. whatever. Like they kind of like let kids develop the way they want, which I also like because it's like, who says that by eight years old you need to learn this? Right. Let kids develop. Right. And uh, the... Um, friends of my parents, they make fun of them or like joke around. Like, if you send your kid to a Montessori school, they're going to end up doing an ayahuasca retreat center <laughs> in Colombia. <laughs> well, but let, let, let me comment on that because, in your opinion, and there's no way to answer this, but I'm a bit jealous, not jealous, but how many people, in your opinion, out of 100, are born to two enlightened, down to earth, grounded parents? that have the wherewithal to send their kid to a monastery and really be engaged in their life. But that's a very fortunate experience. In my, in my opinion, it's a one or two percent of people are born like that. Incredible. And that's also, you know, we started to get into my story and to say that I've had the fortunate childhood of having amazing parents and uh, being able to develop myself. And I was 16. I was a, uh, in the U.S. for a year as an exchange student opening up my horizon to wow. what's possible, new cultures. Um, I grew up bilingual. So, but of course, if you, for me, my dad's an employee. And I had, when I was 19 years old, I started, uh, I was, had like a scholarship in Germany where you work and study at the same time. It was at Volkswagen mm. and you kind of go on track to go on the executive route. And I like to joke that that's a German dream to work at a good company, get a, a good steady paycheck, have access to credit, all that kind of stuff. Whereas the, you know, the American dream is more to be an entrepreneur, build everything. Um, but I was going there, 19 years old, 
10,000 people working. Uh, in Wolfsburg? Were you in Wolfsburg? I was in Munich. Munich. It was a sub-company of Volkswagen called MAN. Okay. They were in bus and trucks. Yeah. And so 10,000 people going there and going from the metro station to work. And I just look at people's eyes and I just see zombies walking in and out. <laughs> and I was like, if this is the dream, I don't really want it. So then I went on my entrepreneurial journey um, tried out a lot of different things, was a lot on shiny object syndrome as well, did one thing, then saw, oh, that one makes a lot more sense and jumped around. Um, the last venture that I did for about two and a half to three years was building a video marketing agency for software and IT companies. Um, you know, a lot of software and IT companies, they don't know how to explain their benefits, they are too caught up in technical things, so if you have a, a minute, two minute explainer video talking about benefits, it's, um, something that you add to the marketplace that is valuable and also something standard, I would say. And for me, the I was also, also mostly money, mo money motivated to be in it. And I don't think there's nothing wrong with wanting to make money, wanting to make a lot of money. But if that's your main reason for doing something, you never have that level of passion, enthusiasm, spark. And, fu and fulfillment. And fulfillment, yeah. yes. So... And I've also heard about ayahuasca for a long time, but it's not as easy to find it in Germany. Eventually, I did through a friend of a friend. Let me ask you a question. How old are you right now? 30. And so this was like five years ago when, well, you, when you were hearing about ayahuasca? I heard about it when I was in my early 20s, but the first time I did it was three, three and a half years ago. Okay, but when you were hearing about it, I mean, I'm, I'm, what I'm getting at, is it trendy? Is it like everybody's talking about it? Everybody wants to try it? Is it... And it, it and we'll get into that later, but one thing I want to get in later is, because is, it's not like taking drugs for fun. Mm -hmm. it's, it's for taking drugs for growing and evolving and it's medicine. Okay, so so anyways, you're, you're hearing about it, and then what happens? Well, for me, the intention to go into ayahuasca was to become the best version of myself. Okay. Um, you hear about a lot of entrepreneurs talk about they found their purpose, they have a deeper vision for their life, what they want to create. That was what drew me to ayahuasca. Um, and then I encountered, ayahuasca showed me well before, you find out about your purpose, there's a lot of things you need to take care about your life first and uh, clean things up. And what, what, what did it tell you? First of all, when you, about three years ago, you came down here and did it for the first time? I did it in Germany for the first time. Oh, you time. did it in Germany? Interesting. The, my very first experience yeah. is I, first three cups, I didn't feel anything. Wow. And I was getting... How about everybody else in the room? I didn't were feeling it. I was <laughs> the only one. <laughs> you know, people were crying, laughing, everything. Were they throwing up? They were throwing up too. I was throwing up too, but I just didn't feel anything. And So you were just perching, but no, nothing, no, no effect. Feeling. And I was also getting a bit frustrated, right? Because ayahuasca is many times described as a feminine energy. I did the whole diet, the preparation, and then you do everything you need to do, and then nothing happens. I'm like, What's going on? Um, now looking back, I can tell it, I used to live so much up in my head and I did personal development, but the personal development was around sales, marketing, improving yourself, being charismatic, all that kind of stuff. Feelings, emotions were foreign to me. Somebody four years ago would have asked me, oh, listen to your heart. I'm like, <laughs> right, okay. right. <laughs> I know I want to travel. <laughs> you know? Um, so I needed, in that ca case, a 
big dose of ayahuasca to start to connect with myself. So and during that ceremony, did you take more and have an experience? Or I, did I drank three cups, didn't feel anything. I took the fourth cup, which is very unusual. And then I just had unconditional love oh. flow through my whole body. And it was a transcendental experience. How, how long into the ceremony did it take you to drink the three cups? And, and how many hours were you into it when you drank the fourth cup? I So usually it's rare that you drink a fourth cup. Right. But the shaman in the moment was, was open to it. And I would say the first five, six hours, I drank the three cups, didn't feel anything, the sixth cup, then I felt it. And then you also kind of like let go of sense of a time and everything, and you're in the moment, you feel the love. So that was, I guess, the, the first lesson about you know, coming back to your body, opening your heart, feeling the love. And one of the next lessons for me was about authenticity. Same journey or another journey? No, going, going still in, Are you still in Germany at this point? I'm still in, oh, that was a retreat in Italy, but okay. still in. So in you're in Europe, you do another retreat, mm -hmm. and you feel, explain about the authenticity. Well, I used to think, well, you need to get the best results. So what do you need to do, say, to get the best results? Whether it's in a business situation to... Um, to get the outcome that you want, to get the contract signed, whether it's on a date. To, to, um, but in the end, I, what I felt is that, you know, you put on so many different masks that I forgot who I was. There's so many constraints. Oh, I have to fit into this box. I have to fit into th this box. And I was so constricted. And it's also one thing to then feel it in the ceremony. Oh, you have to be more or be more authentic. But then how, how did you hear that message? Is it a feeling? Is it a voice? How does it come to you? For me, it was a feeling. Also, it's just... And a, and a thought. And, and a thought, yes. Um, but just that I was carrying so many inhibitions around me and just like, be yourself. But it's then one thing to feel it in the ceremony. And then when your friends ask you of something, and usually you would say no, you would say yes, then you say no. And they're but like, what's going on? And they have every reason to be upset as well because that's the way they've been knowing you for the last years and now you're the one who's different. And uh, then conflicts come up and you stay true to yourself and those are... It's, it's so you lose like, friends. You lose friends. Um, also, it's, it can be temporary. Because what? for me it was with some people it went away and, and then, then it came back. It, then it came back, but at times, you know, you... And I think it's also okay. And you don't have to say the other person is an idiot or this, that, or whatever. You can love each other from, from apart. Right. But in the end, you are, have to be your own best friend. Yeah. And uh, if I have to be somebody else just to be friends with somebody, like, that doesn't make sense. So be yourself, trust in yourself. And then the people who will be in your life, they're the ones who are supposed to be in your life. Um, also course the rejection feels a lot more intense as well because if masks get rejected it's like ah oh, whatever but then if you get rejected you're like oh <laughs> it hurts more let, let me tell you what i heard you just say and see if it makes sense to you you're living in your head mm -hmm. you go and after four cups of drinking the tea um you feel this immense love and you start to open your heart you start to move from your head to your heart and you start to open it mm -hmm. So the next session is 
the medicine says now you got to be authentic because up here we can't be authentic. This is where all the mask mm -hmm. lives. This is where the ego lives. Yeah. Up here I can lie, cheat, manipulate, steal. I can do all kinds of things. Here I can't. This is my real authentic self connected to my creator. So this is pure. Mm -hmm. So I can't manipulate from here. So I have, if I live here, I have to be authentic. Mm -hmm. And you just said on something else very important that, that when you get rejected, it hurts. And so what I found in my life and other people's lives, especially when we're young, you know, young child and then adolescence, and then we, we get hurt here. We start to feel these hurts. We don't even know it because we're not taught about our feelings, but we start to contract. We start to close this beautiful heart of ours. And there's the only place to go is here. Mm -hmm. Right. And now we're kind of screwed. Would you, is that a good recap That's of what incredible. you just said? Yes. Okay. So now immense love, authenticity, Living from your heart, now what? Well, for me, I just experienced such a level of growth. In Did you keep doing the medicine periodic? How, how often? So for me, it's ev everybody's on a different journey. Yes. But what happened to me is I encountered certain aspects within myself, and then I was like, that I weren't in harmony, that I knew there is something that before I wasn't aware and for me, it was like uh, a sign. You have to go in there and figure this stuff out. Go inside. Yes. Like, w what is this that is causing that level of disharmony, resentment, all that kind of stuff? And so for me, I wanted to keep on going deeper. Yeah. Others are like, they encounter something. It's like, oh, I, I don't need ayahuasca for the next two years. <laughs> and it's okay, too. Yeah. It's but just, you wanted to go deeper. You, uh, you wanted to peel back the layers of that onion exactly, and get to the core. Exactly. Because... You were born to these two amazing parents <laughs> that gave you this amazing upbringing and monastery schools and four years in America and mm -hmm. so on and so forth. So you have that hunger. Yes. And I also think that your generation, the kids being born today and 30 years ago, they're coming with a different uh, purpose mm -hmm. and because they knew what was going to be happening, which is happening right now and is going to continue to happen until we usher in a better reality of consciousness and love and and connectivity so it's interesting that that's going on so i'm sorry to interrupt keep going yes so i've just experienced this immense level of growth also i my mom noticed after about four months like oliver your uh, smile is a lot bigger your eyes are, are 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 alive and that's what moms care about and that's also change that is happening i feel like i woke up from like a zombie state to becoming more alive so i knew there was something incredible in this journey with the plant medicines and i wanted to connect deeper and come to south america to experience it um, and it was COVID times 2021 when i got here and i was like i want to make the experience now because you don't know if in a year the the plane ticket tickets are five thousand dollars to come from europe if you're even allowed to travel i was like if i make the experience now i make the experience now so i went to a retreat in the jungle for 10 days in the amazon in the amazon yes and had a very deep process. I would say the biggest one is fully accepting myself. Um, for in, in, excuse me one second. In 10 days, how many uh, ceremonies? I ended up doing uh, seven. Seven, that's a lot. That's a lot. And I think for, after four, I got what I needed. Okay, And okay. it's... <laughs> you're, you know, you're just looking for more. I mean, that was the retreat setup. Yeah, so oh, okay. okay. I, I, I wanted to go with the retreat as well. But I think there's also, after you receive the message, you also want to 
integrate bring it into integrate the, bring it to the real world <laughs> yeah. and not just like uh right we keep recycling it but after four i got the message i accept again and the biggest was acceptance accepting of myself forgiving myself and there was such a deep level of peace and um, after that i was i felt the calling to start a retreat center um and you know if doors open up i was like i'm not gonna say i'm not ready for this and I have to wait for two years because you're never fully ready. And I didn't know what I would get myself into. New continent, new language, not knowing a single person, uh, new profession, if you, yes, new profession as well. But those are also the experiences that make you grow, where you come to a new place, you don't know anybody, you don't know the language, but you develop yeah. and you meet the right people and then the magic of life happens and I, you can, you have experiences most likely for yourself, Medellin, Colombia, amazing city, amazing country, a lot of magic that happens here. And by the way, let me say to the audience, one of the reasons I love this guy so much, because this is so, he is authentic. I mean, he talks with such passion and power and love for this medicine, for this experience, because it transformed his life so much that his mother noticed. And I've seen pictures before and after, and it, this is a profound effect of sacred plant medicine and ceremonies. So let's talk about that. So ayahuasca is a tea that is brewed in the Amazon jungle, mm -hmm. comes from a bark of a tree, and they put a little flower in that gives it a hallucinogenic effect, and they cook it for three days, and they pray over it, mm -hmm. and they bring it into ceremony, and we drink just a couple ounces of it. Mm -hmm. Then what happens? What, 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 why, is it, why does it have such a profound effect on you? I love a story. It's about Tata Kerubin. It says it. He's over 108, 109 years old. Is he here? He's in Colombia, yes, in Ecuador. And he says, you know, I've been drinking ayahuasca for more than 100 years. I know a thing or two about ayahuasca. <laughs> <laughs> but in the end, the ayahuasca will do what the ayahuasca does. Exactly. It's the mystery of the plant. And I think it's beautiful that he said that because he could say, you know, I'm this strong, good titer, I know everything, but he was just like, the plant does what the plant does. But, so. And that's a perfect illustration for life because yeah. life does what life does. You know, we, we can't control it. Mm -hmm. You know, we can only control our reaction to it, but we can't control what's coming at us. What I like to add on top of it, because it can feel like, oh, I'm taking this mysterious plant medicine from the jungle. I have no idea what's going to happen. Will I go crazy? Will I lose control? And we can go into that in a moment as well. But in the end, it's a mirror to your soul. It's your consciousness meeting your consciousness through the ayahuasca. And so the anger, the sadness, the frustration, the happiness, the joy, those are all things that are inside of you that you start to become aware of. I also, we also don't like the word hallucinating because it like says like, oh, I'm seeing something which is not there. What we like to use is you are in a state of extraordinary consciousness. And in that state of extraordinary consciousness, you start to become aware of the things that you've been suppressing. For me, it reminded me of the love that I haven't felt for myself because I was overly critical and all that kind of stuff. And then reminds us like, hey, you're beautiful. Others are like, hey, there's an event that happened five years ago, 10 years ago, that you haven't emotionally processed. And you can say it with your head, like, oh, it happened, and it's okay, and you keep on living. 
but still there. It's still there. And Until it's, it's not. Yes. And it influences you. Mm -hmm. It you procrastinate, you seek validation, a low self-worth, things that are associated to trapped emotion. And why would you want an event that happened in the past have such a strong impact on your present and your future? Don't you want to heal from those, become whole within yourself, and then create your life out of abundance, your life out of love? Because you have looked at what you needed to look at, healed what you healed, and can become the best version of yourself and live an amazing life. So because I drank this medicine, mm -hmm. I'm getting this new awareness, mm -hmm. this new consciousness is bringing up issues in my life that I didn't deal with properly. And now I have the opportunity to deal with and put them to bed forever and to be free of them. Is that how it works? Yes. Also, there's a physical aspect to the ayahuasca as well, uh, the purging. It's a vomiting or a diarrhea. And when people are vomiting, like, oh, no, why do I have to do this? Like, <laughs> nobody wants to vomit, right? Um, and ayahuasca has the tendencies to go into those dense areas of our body, of our energetical body, and open those up. And once you start to release those stuck energies, then you, it allows you to go into higher states of consciousness, understand what you need to understand and it goes into something we briefly talked about uh, before we started the recording it's about thoughts thoughts are hard to change there are eighty thousands of them a day like you cannot control your thoughts um, and i'm a very big fan of uh, dr david hawkins uh, map of consciousness and he talks about how we like to think that our thoughts are very individual but <laughs> if you take two people who are in the consciousness of anger, they will have very similar thoughts. If they're in the consciousness of uh, apathy, guilt, pride, gratitude, they will have very similar thoughts. And let's say I'm stuck in my pattern, and I cannot get out of it. If I'm able to connect with myself, release, surrender um, the underlying emotion that is causing the anger, now if, after it dissipates, lose this power of you, now you can think clear thoughts. Now you can have more clarity. Now you can access higher quality of thoughts, higher quality of consciousness. So I think that shifting that level of consciousness is something we don't learn about, something which is elusive, but is very real. And then the interesting thing about thoughts, every thought creates a chemical. Mm -hmm. Every chemical is released into the body creates a feeling. And until we learn to control this, this thing up here and, and get it to create the right chemicals that make us feel good, mm -hmm. we're, at this, we're a slave to this. And that's why it's so important to move from here to here, which the medicine taught. So you run the retreat center. You're like the businessman. You participate. You're there to counsel and facilitate, but you have a real shaman that comes in. And who is that? What's their background? And what are they like? And what's their passion, purpose? Mm -hmm. So we work with the tribe of the Kamsabiya, specifically with the family of Mama Concha. She's over 60 years old. Also, uh, in Colombia, they're called Taitas and Mamitas. And it's not as, um, it's pretty rare to encounter a female who does ceremonies as well. She's over 60 years old. She's incredible. And so that's 
occur 10 plus generations upwards, they've been sharing ayahuasca. Her grandfather was even 120 years old mm. and also with high vitality. It's one thing if you're right. 70 and you're tied to your uh, bed or, or maybe even yeah. like, you know, you, oh, I'm 90 years old, but I cannot do, haven't done anything the last right. 20 years or right. what's the point? You have a lot of vitality even to that high level of age. So uh, that's the, um, the origin of the family that we work with. And, but it's also not as easy to organize as many ceremonies with them. The, so busy. The, the amount that we do here in Medellin as well. They live in the jungle. So I work with uh, two different shamans here, Sergio Hinao and uh, Juan Fernando. Uh, they've been on this journey for the last 15 years. They have the permission and blessing from Mama Concha to share their medicine. Juan Fernando is still an active professor at multiple universities here in Medellin. Sergio was as well, but he's focused on like full time in the plant medicines and being with his family, his two kids. And I learn from them. And also where I take pride in, let's put it that way, is that I also drink the ayahuasca. And it's not just that I'm the business person behind it and like orchestrating everything and getting things together. But then when it comes to the retreats, I don't, I don't tell the people like, okay, tomorrow uh, have, have a good ceremony and tomorrow <laughs> we'll see each other. Sergio's going to take care of you. But I partake in the ceremony. Uh, I'm there whenever people need any level of assistance. And I, when I went on this journey and asked Sergio, okay, like I want to learn more about ayahuasca. He says, if you want to learn more about ayahuasca, you have to drink more ayahuasca. Uh, so um, by also keep on going within the ayahuasca ends up teaching you. You go through a lot of processes yourself. You observe other people's process. So when somebody has a reaction, you've seen it multiple times. You've experienced it yourself. You know what that person needs in that moment. And ayahuasca keeps on showing, you know, the blind spots, things that you need to improve on. I mean, I know the direction that I'm going in my life, but at times, you know, you get a bit off track and then you get back on again. And the level of growth that I've experienced over these years, um, even if I just look back six months from now or a year from now to now, it's uh, it's incredible. And one of the things that... And do you give most of that credit to plant medicine, ayahuasca? I think that's where it gets a bit tricky, right? Because uh, in the end, it's still you who right. does the work. Right. And it's amazing. To so you could do this without the plant medicine. It's just, this is an assist. This is a shortcut. This is faster, stronger, more powerful. Mm -hmm. It's just another approach. You can do yes. it through meditation. Breath you should do it maybe through marijuana. I don't know other plant medicines. So, but, but this is a powerful teacher. Mm -hmm. And, and you bring up these, how old these shamans or titas are. And I think a lot of it has to do with because they're always detoxifying, they're purifying their body through the medicine It's the purging. Yes. So, Take us through a ceremonies. There's how many people in a room typically, and and what kind of is there music? Is there prayers? Is there chanting? What's that like? How many? There's the taita. How many helpers? There's you as a helper. What what's all that like? Yes, uh, I'll get into that one moment because Please. you just mentioned something which is uh, I think beautiful, the purging aspect of it, and that's the base of the indigenous medicine that you don't just uh, go do something for your health when you are sick, right. but that you keep on Proactive. cleaning yourself. And if you think about how the toxins which are in the air, in the, in the water, and the food that we eat, and we absorb all of that, how many times are you cleaning your body? Well, 
in, in America, I don't think Americans ever do. Yeah. They take a shower, but 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 the internal, mm -hmm. that's that's the frustrating part. And then things are clogged up, and even if you take amazing vitamins, minerals, your body isn't even able right. to absorb it. Right. So you need to, and in the uh, tradition of the Kamsa, there's over 200 different purgatives that you can take. To in addition to ayahuasca. In addition to ayahuasca, <laughs> independently of ayahuasca. Right, right. And I keep on drinking them as well, at least... Twice a, twice a year, but just more that, cleansing. Yes, but I even do more than uh, two, two a year to keep on the body healthy. And it's also it goes into like the difference between medicine or, and drugs as well, because you take these and you feel horrible. Right? There's a, a, a purgative, it's called Azuvak Toto. It only grows in a very specific part of the jungle as well. You find nothing about it. How do you, how do you take it? How do you ingest you drink it? Okay. And, and then what happens? Drink it first thing in the morning. No food, no water before. You also drink it in one shot because it, it tastes horrible. I'm doing something somewhere <laughs> right now, you know. <laughs> know. And you sit down, you hold it for 30 minutes at least, and that takes to six to eight hours. You vomit between two to five times. You go to the bathroom between 10 to 15 times. You're hot, you're cold, you have nausea. You're just like, uh, why did I take this again? Like, oh, stop it. So it's like not something that you would look forward to, but you are changing six hours of pain to cleaning all of that out and then feeling a Boom. lot of energy. Yeah. One time I took a purgative and then two days after I hit a personal record in, uh, in, my, in my workout practice. So you see the benefits from it and you have to go through the difficult to get the positive. And as the purgatives, uh, the detoxing, I love what you're doing. Those are a part of to help to clean the body and to become healthy. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So you want me to go to the ceremony? Yeah, I'd like to I'd like to especially the the, the prayer, the music, mm -hmm. the spirituality part of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, please. So the before we drink the ayahuasca, uh, a lot of times we share rape before as well. Wait, elaborate what that is. Rape is a plant medicine as well from the Amazon. It's uh, made from different trees from it. It's a, it's a powder form. It's also applied to the nose, which can seem a bit weird, right? Because it's like, what do you mean? I applied it to the nose. And, it's like, and it has tobacco in it, correct? Tobacco is, there's different types. Uh, the majority of them have tobacco in it, but not all of them. And it has it also that it makes the, the journey from the head to the body. It cleans the body. It prepares the body for the ayahuasca. At times, people are nervous before drinking. It it centers people but basically you blow that substance up the nose yes you do it to me yes yeah and it's just just a boom just like a shock mm -hmm. of it like goes up like awareness i'm here now <laughs> wherever i was before now i'm right here and you might even also notice a certain pain in your back why D depending on on people or or uh, you know so everybody has a different reaction. everybody has different direction but then we uh, reaction but when we talk about how the physical is connected to the spiritual and uh, back pain can symbolize that you're carrying too much carrying too much emotional weight carrying too much responsibility carrying re responsibilities of others and you can start to become aware of certain tension Stress. that you hold yeah. in your body yeah. so that's good to start to connect with yourself then before we um am i in a room are we in a room doing yes, the ceremony you're, you're in a room and how many of us typically so the way that I do the ceremonies, I have a maximum of 12 people in the ceremony. I also do help out in ceremonies that Sergio does, 
we've done up to 80 people as well. Again, that gets a little sketchy. Though, then. Yeah. It's, uh, we also have a lot of facilitators, but it's a lot different to have an experience with 12 people than it is. Yeah, with I much rather girls. have an intimate setting myself. Yeah. So we have the intimate setting, usually around 12 people. You can, can be a little bit more, a little bit less. We have How uh, many helpers with the Taita? So we got Sergio, Juan Fernando, we got uh, the musician, and we got myself, so at least three. Okay. So that's like a one to four ratio, which is safe, which is really good. Of course, if there are more people, there's also more helpers as well. Yep. And uh, the ceremony itself, so before we share the ayahuasca, there's... Uh, you share kupar, which is uh, an incense that you put on 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 the fire, and then it's a smoke that helps harmonize the energy uh, before the ceremony itself. Um, we pray to the ayahuasca in certain forms of prayers that Sergio has learned from the indigenous. There are also um, certain Christian elements in it as well. We can talk about it uh, in a moment as well. Then we drink the ayahuasca. And the first 30 minutes, the job is to keep the ayahuasca inside. And sometimes when the urge to vomit comes, we have to keep on breathing deeply, ask the ayahuasca to stay in. And it can be also the ego that is afraid, knowing like, oh, now there's something coming up for me. I want to get rid of it very quickly. So it's also uh, that part, like, no, I actually want to have this experience. Then usually after the vomiting, the experience starts to in intensify and then throughout the ceremony we have five six seven different instruments incense uh, uh, smells uh, singing singing as well to help transform the energy to keep a certain rhythm as well and of course if somebody needs personalized attention we are there to help as well and i'm gonna knock on wood uh, also in the ceremonies that we've done at my retreat center, we have not had one person scream at a ceremony. Scream, nobody. No. Seriously. And How many ceremonies? How many people? I was over 100 ceremonies. But that just means you're doing a really good job of informing them beforehand, and so no one freaks out. Everybody feels safe, and I think that's the important so thing. So I also say knock on wood, because eventually it will happen. It's not like we are immune to it. But I think there's the preparation, what you just mentioned, is a big part. Because if I have uh, conversations before about it, if I know what I'm uh, getting myself into, know that I might encounter certain things that I've been uh, suppressing, and uh, then you are ready to have the experience. Also, Sergio has a lot of stability in his life. I feel like I have a lot of stability in my life um, that, that, that wears off as well. You know, let's say somebody, because there are some, some people who like drank a cup of ayahuasca after 10 minutes. He's like, it's very strong. I, I would like to stop now. Uh -huh. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. And, um, and then I tell him, but you got the strength, you got this. And I reinforce that. But I reinforce that because I've had those moments where I, I, I felt the overwhelm and I, I worked through it myself. And then they see it that, you know, that you're centered, that you're doing good. And it's not just the words, it's the energy that transmits. Yep. And uh, people, one of the feedbacks that I received that I'm very happy about is that people say, I have intense experiences, but I felt safe throughout the whole process. Mm. And that's, 
That means you're doing your job. Yes, like that's when, a compliment. When people feel safe, they allow themselves to open up. They can make the experience that they need to make to keep on growing in their life. I'm going to ask you one more question about ayahuasca, and then we'll go on to other plant medicines. I've heard, I've read, but I haven't seen people that were in the United States. The doctor says, "Sorry, you know, the, your illness has gone too far." Nothing more we can do for you here. Go home, get your affairs in order. I've read they come down here to South America. They do ayahuasca, and they're healed of their disease. Have you ever seen this, heard of this, familiar with any of this? Big topic. Mm. And um, I'm not sure how politically correct I have to be on the podcast, how careful I have to be. All I mean, if, you, if you're if you telling a story of something, that's yes. a story of something. Uh, we're, not, we're not making any claims here that yes. ayahuasca can cure anybody. And, and that's I, I, our, our philosophy of Mountains of Hope is that um, only you can heal yourself with your creator, mm-hmm. and that's up to you. Yes. And so we, if you come to Mountains of Hope, you come to our retreats and you heal of a disease, you did it, not us. Mm-hmm. And so... I don't know what Western medicine thinks if they're healing people or not, but th- that's our philosophy. Yes, I agree. And let's say somebody has cancer. And my personal belief is that your body is talking to you and your life is talking to you. And Because the body wants to be healed. The body wants to be functioning 100% normal, healthy all the time. Yes. Right? So if there's something wrong, something's wrong. Mm-hmm. So let's find it. The problem is we're not listening. Right. And then it comes back stronger. And stronger and we keep on not listening and then poof, you have cancer okay now i'm listening i have to listen <laughs> and my personal belief is that if you experience cancer it's probably something that you there's a fundamentally wrong way of living life and and it could be mental emotional physical spiritual right yes yeah. and you might not be aware of it but ayahuasca you can access those extraordinary states of consciousness and see what when we talk about radical responsibility as, as well what in me caused the cancer yeah how did i co-create this right how where am i greedy in my life right where have i not forgiven where am i holding on to grudges where am i in a victim mentality what parts of me maybe even wants to have cancer because now i get a certain level of attention from people that i didn't get before and I'm not. And each case is different, and having those understandings is can be a valuable first step to overcome it. It even goes as far that some people have experienced that there was an operation going on on their body while they were on ayahuasca. Others feel that uh, you know snakes entered their their body and just like started to rearrange a lot of things and it's it's a lot very energetical as well and there might be a big energetic thing that's in this alignment blocking blocking and then it opens up so there's a lot of magic that can happen i also like to say people who experience cancer and then we can talk about identifications. And the more I tell, I have cancer. I I'm the type of per- like I am like th- I have cancer. And then you identify with it, or it's like okay, I experienced it at this moment. And um, then another another way to say it is the body has cancer, the body, yes. not me. Yes, and those are things where very very important topics, and yeah. it's. I have these conversations with people and it also really depends on their 
ability to look within because many times you know, a wall comes up and somebody watches this po a video, this podcast and says like, oh, he has no idea what he's talking about. Like, I right. have this and this right. is horrible and this happened to me and it's easy for him to talk. Uh, uh, he's 30 years old, wait until he's 60 and then he has cancer and all that kind of stuff. But it's because that shield is there and that person in that moment it's is just not a closed mind closed mind closed heart mm -hmm. and you know not ready to and, which is based on fear mm -hmm. yeah and you're coming from a place of love mm -hmm. there's conflict yeah all right let's move on the one i'm getting ready to do which you've done and i haven't done yet cambo mm -hmm. and cam what is cambo so Cambo is a frog medicine, frog poison. <laughs> frog poison. <laughs> Whatever you would want uh, to call it. Yeah. And it's it, frog poison that works as a medicine. Mm -hmm. And the way it works is you burn the first layer of your skin. Also, before you do that, you drink two liters of water. And you put it on. So they extract the poison from the frog from that the frog. comes from the Amazon. Yes. And then they burn your skin because they don't. If the poison gets into your blood, it's going to be very, very bad. But if it gets in through the lymph system, mm -hmm. through the skin, then it activates an immune response. Mm -hmm. Then what happens? And also, one of the legend myths is that the indigenous found that through ayahuasca. Yeah. So they tell tell the story. That's kind of fascinating. Well, the real reason, or one of the main reasons, the indigenous drank ayahuasca back in the days was to connect with the different plant spirits and let the plant, they, you know, everything has And by the way, let me interject, because we, we, we're not woo-woo. I mean, this is scientific. So when he says um, the, the, the plant spirit, okay, everything is a frequency. So let's use that word, okay? Every plant has a different frequency. Every cell in my body has a different frequency. Every human being has a different frequency. So we're all broadcasting a certain frequency. So, so... Thank you for interjecting, <laughs> right? Because it can sound so foreign. But right, then you look right. at quantum physics, and it's like, right. yes, everything has a frequency. Yes, this pillow is right. is frequency, and uh, right. Um, but because it, when you say you know, every looking for the spirits of the plants to talk to them, okay, that sounds a little woo woo. But mm -hmm. frequency, everybody's getting now because of quantum physics. So yes, so they, and when you actually drink ayahuasca and you uh, smoke a tobacco, you connect. So they believe there's everything has a consciousness. Yes. And when you smoke a plant, when you drink a plant, when you eat a plant, that consciousness makes it into your consciousness and develops. And the, tr the reality of it, because of quantum physics, that's all that's going on here, okay? Because <laughs> we're 99.999999% space, yeah. okay? So there's frequency. We're, we're being bombarded with different frequencies right now. Radio frequency, TV frequencies. Uh, there's internet frequencies, there's Wi-Fi free. I mean, they're everywhere, right? And so, and, and thoughts are frequency. So, so, so there's 7 billion people. All these thoughts are going into this field of infinite possibility that the Bible calls ether, mm -hmm. Tesla called plasma, Chinese called chi, Indians called prana. But it, this is energy right here. Yeah. It's free energy. We just got to learn to tap into it. Maybe somebody already did, but that's another story. <laughs> that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So they were drinking ayahuasca, and um, they learned through 
spirits, whatever you want to call it, that God, creator, God, <laughs> that the combo can help them with the immune response, with the immune system. Because there was an there was an epidemic, a health yeah. epidemic. So yes. they needed elder people were dying. Mm -hmm. They didn't know what to do. They're the medicine man. Mm -hmm. So they go into the jungle, drink the ayahuasca. Spirit talks to them. God talks to them. Creator talks to them and says, hey, go into the Amazon, find this one find frog, this extract this mm -hmm. poison, burn your people's skin, put it in there and see what happens. Mm -hmm. Yes. So then, and I believe that's true. As crazy as all that sounds, I believe before this modern society that we now live in, people were in. There was all these distractions, yeah. so people had to be in tune. That's how they could chart the sky every night and, and follow the sky. That's how they could go into nature and, and figure out if a plant was good for them or bad for them because they were connected. There's a connection here. We're all connected. We're connected to earth. We're connected to one another. We're connected to the sky. It's all one. Yes. Okay, sorry. And <laughs> if you think about it, in the, so ayahuasca comes from the Amazon, and there are countless tribes in the Amazon who discovered ayahuasca for themselves. In Peru, in Brazil, in Colombia, they were so far away from each other. But they knew, connected. And they all found the exact two plants <laughs> out of 40,000 different ones, and they combined them. But the people in Colombia found it, in Brazil, in Peru, Peru. independently of each other. Yeah. So uh, yeah, there's a, a lot Something's more. going on. Something's <laughs> going on. Uh, anyway, they discovered this frog, and uh, it helped them in that epidemic, and also they use it when they go hunting as well for the physical strength. It really activates your your being. Do you feel more physical? Now, I would imagine to get that physical strength, you got to have a smaller dose. You know, if you took a real big dose and go hunting, to me, that would be difficult. It would be difficult also, like, not right after you took it, but right. okay. like an hour later okay. or two okay. hours later. Also, if you're indigenous, if you grew up in the Amazon, you have a different connection to these plant medicines. Well, and by the way, let's talk about this real quick, because they combine coca leaves and tobacco and chew it, right? As well. So yes. for energy as well. Can, can we stay on the combo yes, first? Yes, go ahead. And then please, we'll go, go please, on, to the, please. on to the other one. Please. Yes. So combo, very powerful. Um, to There's different things going on. One is the stagnant energy. You know, sometimes you feel like ah, this. And, and because you drink the water, it's like a combination of water energy, which starts moving things, and the fire. Because you burn, and once the, once the combo is applied, You'll feel a lot of uh, heat? a lot of heat going through your whole body. You might become white in your like white or, or red. Your uh, lips might puff up. You might look a little bit like a frog. So <laughs> all of this is a bit crazy too. Uh. And um, but one of the most difficult is basically drinking the two liters of water, applying it. It's, it's not that not really painful, and then you feel that heat, and then once you vomit, it's already over. So it's also just about a 45 to one hour process. Uh, after that, it's very important that you eat well, that you replenish, that you rehydrate. And yes, that's the, the process of it. I had somebody who's like, you know, been very like lethargic. And then he took calm and he's like, the old me is back. I have a lot of energy now. Um, also, it's many people who have experienced cancer as well, the combo, is very helpful for that as well. Again, we're not saying that combo right. is healing cancer, but it it's can detoxifying. Be, it it's can detoxifying. be another thing to to help uh, on the journey. And uh, you know, for detoxifying, there's even more effective uh, 
purgatives, like Thousand of October, for example, but the combo is more to strengthen the immune system. So less about the cleaning, more about the activation and the strengthening. Got it. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I'm looking for the increase in energy, to mm -hmm. be honest with you. That's why I'm doing it. Um, so let's talk a little bit about breath work and ice baths. Agua, por favor. I'd give you mine, but uh, mine has. Uh, I is there is that water right next to you? Oh, uh, we're good. We're a full service podcaster. You want to ask me again about? Uh, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about this, and I think you do this at your treats as well. And that is breath work and ice baths. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So for me, I'm super passionate about ayahuasca. But the thing is, you want to have different tools, different healing modalities to work up to that and to also integrate those experiences. Um, and I look at things that have helped me on my journey and help share that, pass it along to others as well. And one of them has been the, the ice baths, which I started doing in Germany in the winter when it's, you, you go in there and you go out and it's still cold and all that kind of stuff. But there's a lot of benefits for the physical body, but even more than the physical, I think the mental is amazing. Because when you are in the ice bath, you're not thinking about the problems of yesterday or the worries of the future. <laughs> you're just making sure you, you get the, yes, you get the, um, get out, <laughs> get the blood to your vital organs, all that kind of stuff. And we live in, we live, we're living in very comfortable lives. We have become soft in certain ways, right? Like life is so easy, uh, but through that, you also lose something. You lose some of that primal physical strength that was needed hundreds of years ago and everybody naturally had because the environments were that much more rougher and if we are not living in those rough environments or creating some of those environments for yourself and exposing yourself to make those you will make you stronger. Um, Wim Hof made the famous, I like his three things, become strong, happy and healthy because there's so many other ideas, oh I need to you rich to this, travel, blah, blah, and it goes on. But if you break it down, if you're strong, happy, and healthy, you're living a good life. That's what we want. And and we, we buy into this other BS. Okay, we're going to run out of time, so I want you to give a little commercial. If I'm watching this and I want to come and work with you and I want to do one of your retreats and I want to retreat, experience this other stuff, how do I get a hold of you? Where do I go? What do I do? So you type in ayahuasca-retreat.com, then you'll find me. It's ayahuasca retreat guacamayo. Ayahuasca retreat is dot com is easier to find. Okay, and I can register right there, or do I call you, or do yes. I sign up and pay? So I have a calendar link. I like to have a video call with the people before because it's a very personal journey. I want I want them to be able to ask all their questions about ayahuasca, about our process, and I want to meet the people too before they come to the retreat. So it's not like psychedelic tourism or all that kind of stuff, but. You know the people who are coming to this. We, we have the same betting process in Mountain World because we, we, we ours is a very intimate two-week retreat, and it's only eighteen people, so everybody's got to jive. It's got to be very everybody on the same page with the same intention. So we have a betting process to put the best group together for each retreat because ours is all about healing 
or a transformation that lasts. That's what we want to offer. So, you know, you're here. We don't compete with one another. In fact, you're gracious enough to be on our faculty as our director of plant medicine ceremonies and assist us. And we're excited about that. We're excited to work with you and to support what you're doing here because we're not really an ayahuasca center. We're more of a detox, physical, and rewire the neural pathways of the brain, clean up emotional wounds, have a great healing that you orchestrate yourself and have an amazing transformation. You go home back to America and you become the best version of yourself. So, I want to thank you for being here. I look forward to continuing to work with you. I admire you. I'm, uh, you inspire me with your energy and your love for plant medicine and what you're doing in the world. So thank you for all that as well. Thank you for having me on. And I'm just as much as fun. You know, for me, it's incredible to meet people who have found their purpose. It's different level of conversation. And you know, you could be doing whatever you want to do. You could be out on the sunset, uh, enjoying life, but you're like, no, I have a mission. People are hurting me. They're, I found a solution. I want to share that solution. So thank you very much for being that powerhouse and doing these amazing things. And I'm very grateful to be a part of it. Thank you all. Hey, if you've enjoyed this episode and, and you found it interesting, if you're still watching us, you haven't turned us off because we're too woo-woo, and we're really not. This is science, ladies and gentlemen, and this stuff really works where people are having amazing discoveries, healings, and breakthroughs, and this is available to you, and we want this for you. So um, check out Oliver's work. You can check us out at mountsofhope.com, our first retreat. I've been working with this for a long time, and we're finally doing Finally, our first transformation house retreat is December 2nd, 2023. Uh, we're going to start marketing it pretty soon. So uh, just go to the website, make an appointment, and we'll share more with you. And we would love to have you come down here. But if you know somebody that's suffering with an illness and they just can't move past it, um, share this with them. And uh, I'd love to chat with them. Until next week, this is Mike Murphy, and this is the podcast called The Power of Your Voice. Go out there and manifest the life of your dreams. Thank you from the bottom of my heart and supporting me in bringing my message of hope, health, and abundance to as many people as possible. Will you please like, subscribe, and share this podcast episode, and I hope one day to meet you at Mountains of Hope, a place for deep healing and transformation.